It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Did you miss the part at the top of the show where I mentioned that we got a stupid Chad Pennington jersey on here because literally the big boss is a Jets fan? I got and you that. just you just crapped all over the Jets? Yeah, no, I got it. I get it. I mean, yeah, we're going to have to look at that whole season. I mean, I'm going to have to. I mean, you're on thin ice. <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, I like, you know, you're going to need NBC to, like, help you out with this green card situation to keep you here. And, like, I don't know, you just insulted the boss's team. I mean, I don't know. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for you. Cheers, bottoms up, and other drinking-related phrases. Matthew Berry here on the Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry. And surprisingly, still here with Jay Croucher. You were not fired. Wasn't fired. Turns out you were very lucky to be working for NBC Universal. Mm. Great company. Great company. Big company. You can't just fire an employee. Turns out <laughs> we have to have you on a performance improvement plan, a PIP. We have to give PIP. you a warning. There's mm. a, we have to give you an, a, a chance to cure. Yes. You know, before we can get rid of you, turns like I went through a whole bunch of meetings. Make no mistake. <laughs> I, I mean, because listen, I'm new here too, and so I was less mm. like, uh, you know, they're like, "What do you say for Jay?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, yeah, fire him." Like I was, I threw you under the bus. Yeah, I, I was saving imagine. my own skin. I can imagine, a thousand percent. But no. you have made the attempt to cure by now wearing the Chad Pennington jersey. The Chad Pennington jersey. Well, you know, growing up a young boy. On the main streets of Melbourne, Australia, I just, sure. I love the New York Jets. You <laughs> yes, know, there you big, go. Uh, big Jericho Cotchery fan. Sure. Leon Washington, of course. really good Madden player. Yeah. Chris Baker, I think, was our tight end. Right. Yeah. There you go. Little Curtis Martin action. Yeah, Curtis Martin. I little, love the Jets. Little Vinny Testaverde. J A T S. Sure. Yeah, we love the Jets. Jets, Jets, Jets. Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have? A, you had like a poster of Fireman Ed. Yeah. Right. right? Exactly. Right? It was like it was like I, I'm guessing your your bedroom was sort of like was Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. Yahoo Serious. Yeah. And then Fireman Ed. <laughs> Yahoo Serious. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of Collingwood Magpies, my right. Australian football team, and then uh, yeah, the great Chad Pennington. The great, got a lot of accolades. The great Chad Pennington. Uh, Chad yeah. Pennington. I don't know why I was talking uh, about. Two thousand six. <laughs> I think J- Chad Bennington was Jameis Winston before Jameis Winston, right? Think about 2006. Top 10 in passing yards mm. that year. Also, top 7 in interceptions. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he was very much like, yeah, Chad. Effing Chad. You know, there's a little bit of that. Yeah. Only player to win comeback player of the year twice. Right. Incredible. Which, which, which is unbelievable. I mean, he yeah. had two great seasons. <laughs> yeah. But he also sucked enough. <laughs> yeah, to win it twice. To win it twice. Yeah. That they were just like, oh, that guy's done. And then yeah. he came back. Like, 
like Tom Brady's never winning comeback player of the year. You understand what I'm saying? Like, you not know, twice. Like, right, yeah. right. Not yeah. twice either. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like the elite of the elite, like, you know, doesn't look like Jonathan Taylor's <laughs> going to have to ever have to win comeback player of the year. But Chad so. Pennington somehow did it twice. Okay, so the big headline, obviously, of course, is that you are somehow still here. You have desperately sucked up to Matt Casey. We will see. Uh, it feels like you have cured that we've given you an opportunity. You will have to meet with HR on your performance improvement plan. But let's now go to the other headlines that are important. And Gus Edwards, yeah. the Gus bus, placed on the reserve, physically able to perform list, which means he's out for the first four games for the Baltimore Ravens. J.K. Dobbins, however, has not been placed on said list, at least mm. as of this airing. Are we too low on J.K. Dobbins? I think Currently so. going as running back 24 on Yahoo, 61st overall. Yeah, he's going a lot later than Brees Hall, for instance. Right. I'd rather have J.K. Dobbins than I Brees agree. Hall, I think. This is a... Look, the Ravens' rushing attack is great every year because Lamar helps you there. Where it hurts is running backs getting receptions. But that's not really J.K. Dobbins' game either. That's the knock on him that he only had 18 catches in 2020 and 15 games. But he's going to get first and second down work now with Gus Edwards out. So, I mean, he has to rise up. Yeah, and I think, you know, pass catching is something they want to improve on with him. Uh, look, we're talking about Yahoo scoring here where the default is half-point PPR, so it doesn't hurt him as much there as it might uh, in full PPR. I agree with you. You, you want to see that. Like, that's in his skill set, by the way, yeah. J.K. Dobbins. I mean, like, he caught passes in college. You know, somebody keep me – but I, I feel like I remember that. I don't have any stats yeah, up the top end of that. But, like, but I feel like he's a better pass catcher than he probably gets credit for there. You know, it's it's – Worth note, I mean, he's here's some of the guys he's going after. He's going after Brees Hall, yep, nice. Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson. I'd take yeah. him over all of those yeah, guys. Easily, easily. Right, so I, you, we know this is going to be a run-heavy attack here. Nine rushing touchdowns in his rookie season. He was running back 24 in PPR scoring. Yep. And so that upside is there. Again, we expect the Ravens to be very run-heavy this year. Uh, until we know that J.K. Dobbins isn't going to start on week one, and right now it's looking like he's going to. I think he's a value in drafts. I have him 49th overall, higher than the consensus on Yahoo. And as we talk about comeback player of the year, sitting to Chad Pennington (laughs) you know who was fantasy relevant and then he wasn't fantasy relevant and now might be fantasy relevant again? Great, Mike Davis. The great Mike Davis. The great Mike Davis, yeah. who, yeah. guess what? That's, you're, for any people that are just sort of tuning in, if you're just waking up, if you're, you know, you're doing a shot with us and you're like, all right, what's going on? Mike Davis is now in Baltimore. He is. And he's in line to, like, we know they want to have a multi-headed rushing attack. Mm. And so unless they, you know, unless they wake Devontae Freeman up off the couch again or, you know, Tyler Beatty or what, like, I think it's going to be J.K. Dobbins and Mike Davis to start the season as we talk about, hey, right now it doesn't appear like Dobbins is going to get all three downs of work. No. Mike Davis is a real nice pass catcher. Yeah, and Dobbins is coming off the injury. He's, right. not, he's never had more than 15 carries in a game mm-hmm. in his career. So it's not like he's going to be carrying the ball 20 times a game straight away. Uh, certainly not be, off of an ACL tear. Exactly. So there has to be someone else. Looks like Mike Davis. I think as well, like the whole thing with the Ravens last year is that Lamar Jackson couldn't handle the blitz. So I think they need a pass-catching running back to help relieve some of that. Mike Davis is clearly the guy for that. So, yeah, he might be, might be back. I don't think he's going to win Comeback Player of the Year, but he might <laughs> there, be relevant. There you go. What are his odds on points back for uh, Comeback Player of the Year? You can have whatever you want. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Plus 7,000. Yeah. Um, right, he's not even being drafted uh, on Yahoo. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I do think 
we're too early in the season for waiver wire picks. Yeah. But I feel like, <laughs> like honestly, like if you've had your draft, like I feel like Mike Davis is going to be one of those guys that is either, like, you know, a late round pick. I don't think he has value throughout the year, mm. assuming Gus Edwards comes back. But I do think for the first couple of weeks, at least for the first four weeks, mm. while Gus Edwards is on the physically unable to perform list, like. Mike Davis is going to be a waiver wire pickup. Like, he's a grab-grab in the last round of your draft, or if you've already had your draft. Like, mm. I feel like he's going to be on the first – the all the, the first week waiver wire articles. I'm calling it now. Mike Davis will be on all of those lists. Let's move on now to, uh, to the next topic here, where the Detroit Lions. Yes. We, we, yesterday we both said we like Dan Campbell uh, to win uh, player coach of the year at, at his odds. Which plus was, 1,400. Plus 1,400. A little long. A little long. We like that. Jamison Williams, they hope. I think that's a key word here. They hope Jamison Williams can play midseason. What do we think this means from Mon Ross St. Brown? I will tell you this. I don't think this is news. No, I, he right? was never going to play week one. He was never going to play week one. No, no. But like, he was never going to play week three. No. Yeah. Like, he, Jamison Williams is an awesome pick in Dynasty hmm. and not anyone you're thinking about in redraft. He no. should not be drafted in redraft. You're like – you're hoping – they're hoping by midseason. Yeah. Right? So now you're – like on a team that we – even though we think the line's going to be much improved, it's still like not going to be an awesome offense. And you think about the fact that they they have Amon Ross St. Brown, they have TJ Hawkinson, they have DeAndre Swift, who's a great pass-catching running back, they have DJ Shark. Like, I mean, like we think Jamison Williams has all the talents in the world, but I, I just don't see him having a big impact – Maybe at the very end of the season, we can yep. see a game or two, but it's going to be really hard for him to come in and have an immediate fantasy impact. I think he's undraftable in redraft leagues, given uh, all the other kind of upside late-round flyers. I do think he should be one of the top picks in Dynasty. But the question posed to us by our, uh, our producers here, is this a breakout season in store for Amon Ross St. Brown? Understand that Amon Ross St. Brown, from weeks 13 on was the second best wide receiver in fantasy. Yeah. I don't know how you can yeah. break out from that, but that's yeah. what our producers have done. Getting our, producers have, yeah. our producers have asked me, like, hey, after being the second best wide receiver in fantasy over the last six weeks, can he now break out? Yeah. So I, I don't know. You know what? Whatever. What are they What are they doing? I don't know. They were busy trying to find a Chad Pennington jersey that fit you. Uh, where are we on Amon Ross St. Brown? Well, those last six games, he was basically 93 yards a game, nine yeah. receptions and a touchdown. So he was basically a version of Justin Jefferson with more touchdowns, which is pretty good. He was insane. But the thing is, is that DeAndre Swift was out. TJ Hawkinson was out. When those guys played, his production was way down. And those guys come back and DJ Chark is in now. He's getting drafted in the same range I'm on Ross St. Brown as Gabriel Davis, Brandon Cooks. I like those guys a lot more. And look, here's what, we're, agree. Here's what we're talking about. We're talking about all the options on the Detroit Lions. Our Detroit Lions. This is why right, Dan Campbell's right. winning coach of the year because yeah, exactly. I'm on Ross St. Brown. He's not going to have the time. Is well, Jared the- Goff a sleeper this year? <laughs> is Jared, Jared Goff, Goff like is Jared Goff this year's Blake Bortles like just a junk time hero? Because like he actually had some good fantasy games last year. He's had some good real-life games. He yes. went into New Orleans in an NFC title game where he couldn't hear anything with his offensive line, and he took them down. He got a little help with a, a pass interference call, it wasn't yeah. called. But Jared Goff, when you keep him clean, he's fine. He's totally fine. I feel like we're going to talk about this a lot of quarterbacks who are fine, who are professional quarterbacks. Jared Goff is probably, he's probably a little bit below Carson Wentz, but he's better than Marcus Mariota, Mitch Trubisky. He's fine if you keep him clean. It's just he panics. Yeah, stop with the praise. Yeah. He's better than Marcus Mariota. He's better than, <laughs> yeah. he's better than Mitch Trubisky. He is. You know, cut to Jared Goff like, wow, my head's expanding. <laughs> Jay, thanks, brother. Thanks. Look, um, 
this will shock you. Mm. Jared Goff has a top 10 fantasy finish yeah. season on his resume with the Rams. Yes. He was a top 10 fantasy quarterback one year under Sean McVay. To your point, just to give you some stats to back up what you're saying here, weeks 13 through 18, mm. where Hawkinson missed mo- all, almost all that time, DeAndre Swift missed much of that, missed much of that time. Yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown had a 33.5% team target share. Yeah. Higher than Cooper Cup. <laughs> Okay. It's not going to repeat that. Prior to Hawkinson's injury, his target share was 21%. And mm. so I like Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he is a nice player. I think the, the Lions absolutely found a steal yeah. in the fourth round. But the idea that he's going to be that guy, the, the anti argument to what I'm saying is, is like, well, that's baked into his ADP. We're not saying he's going to be wide receiver two mm. like he was over the, the final six weeks. He's going as, he's going as wide receiver 26 yeah. on Yahoo. And I'm okay with that. ADP. I agree with you. I like Brandon Cooks more. I like Gabriel Davis more. Yeah. 100%. We are yeah. there. But I don't mind him as your wide receiver three. Yep. I, I think the, the market is finally corrected. I've been banging this drum for a while now, and I'm sure others have as well. Like Just that his production was fueled by uh, insane like junk time and the fact that he was literally the only guy there. Yes. A- and so with more weapons and what we think is actually going to be a better team this year, a more competitive team. Love the line. Amon Ross St. Brown may be slightly overdrafted. Like him as a lower-end wide receiver three there. I'm not worried about the Jamison Williams news. That doesn't affect anything for me. Uh, speaking of late-round wide receivers with some upside, how about Josh Palmer? Okay, think about this with Josh Palmer. So the, the news was is that they, they believe a larger role. He's had an unbelievable uh, preseason, week two preseason game against the Cowboys, three receptions, 75 yards, one touchdown. Look the part. He's currently in the concussion protocol. We will see. Hopefully, it's, hopefully it's a. Uh, hopefully, it, it. I was about to say it's a mild one, but people. No, but people have used to listen to my old podcast. Now I would always give Stefania Bell, my dear friend Stefania Bell, grief about that. There yeah. is no such thing as a mild no. concussion. Get better, Josh. Um, uh, get better, Josh. But get this: last year, when Keenan Allen or Mike Williams missed any games. Josh Palmer averaged 16.4 fantasy points per game, and now he's another year into the NFL. I, I think this is a talented kid. Like, yep. forget all the stats, blah blah blah. Like, you just watch, you just watch the games, you watch the tape, and you're like, he can freaking play. He can. And look, if one of those guys gets injured, Williams or Allen, then it becomes an amazing play, Josh Palmer. But even if they don't. Justin Herbert is the clear leader to lead the league in passing yards this year. He's plus 650. He's the favorite over Tom Brady, over everyone else. So there are a lot of yards to go around. The knock on this Chargers offense as well is they don't let Herbert unleash the deep bomb enough. I think that really, that doesn't matter as much for Josh Palmer because he's going to get the shorter underneath stuff too. So I think that, yeah, he's a guy that I would definitely be targeting. Yeah, I mean, by the way, that's my complaint with this show. They don't let me unleash the the deep deep bomb enough. Yeah. I'll get there. I'll get there. It's the first week. <laughs> Just want to air it out. Right. I mean, you know, my wife complains about all the deep bombs I unleash. Does she? But it's a, it's a different situation. <laughs> uh, look, I think with the Chargers, we're off the rails. Um, <laughs> I, I, what I would say, Jay, is that um, with Josh Palmer, I think he's probably the fourth passing option because Eckler out of the backfield is yes. obviously going to get a – but to your point – we think this is an emerging offense. We think this is going to be one of the best offense in the NFL. We think that Justin Herbert is a hell of a quarterback. And mm. so uh, in deeper leagues, I think there's enough volume to go around there. By the way, Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen's a great, great route runner, a great wide receiver. But mm. could we start seeing like little bit of, uh, a little bit of a decline here with Keenan Allen as he approaches age 30? Like, I don't know. I, I, 
love, love, love Josh Palmer in Dynasty yep. and think he's of the late round flyers. I think he's really interesting. I will let you know that he is in uh, when my love hate comes out on Thursday. Mm. Plug love. here for NBC Sports Edge and RotoWorld.com. It will be free. Yeah. And in my others receiving votes portion of the column. Josh Palmer will be there. Didn't get as his own as, section. What? Didn't get his own section. Josh didn't Palmer. Get, didn't get his own section. Okay. No, no, no. We, yeah. you know, like, let's it's Josh Palmer. Let, yeah, exactly. Let's yeah. not get crazy. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> do, do you um, just, as, by the way, when we're talking about bombs with wives, like, how, <laughs> yeah. long have, how, long have, how long have you guys been married? About five years now. Five years. Yeah. And how long were you and your wife mar- together before you guys got married? Like on and off for about five years, but kind of leading up to the marriage, about okay. two years. Yeah. Okay, about two years, on and off. So yeah. you weren't sure. No, you were in and out yeah. on her. Eventually, I think she was more in and out on me. Are you? Yeah. It's fair enough. Yeah. She's like NBC. Yeah. Um, you know, we're, uh, <laughs> we're feeling it out. Uh, we'll see. Uh, did you have to wear a Chad Pennington jersey for her, too, to convince her? <laughs> no, no. She's from Sweden. She doesn't know uh, who the New York Jets oh, are. God bless. Yeah. Uh, so, at any rate, uh, I was just going to ask, like, all right, so you guys were together basically for 10 years. Mm. How soon in before you farted in front of her? <laughs> Three? Three, Three years? years? Yeah. Uh, I, w- I was date one. <laughs> yeah, I can see like, that. Yeah. Because you, like, you know, like, Because you want to throw... I, I so want you, those, that's one of your date bombs. For. I just want yeah. you to understand. Yeah. I want you to understand what you're in for. <laughs> uh, all right. Isaiah Spiller could miss week one with an ankle injury as long as yeah. we're talking Chargers news here. Um, as segues go, I think that's as good as it gets. <laughs> the question from producers is, does this make you even more confident in Austin Eckler as a top three pick? No. It doesn't make me any more confident. I, I wasn't worried about Isaiah, Isaiah Spiller taking no. touches away. No. Like the, to me, the question is, is like, is there an insurance back that you're drafting? If you draft Austin Eckler mm. and you are a believer in insurance backs, I am. Not everyone is. But I am. Uh, does, this, does, now, does this now say, like, oh, well, you got to get Josh Kelly or, uh, or Larry Roundtree or whatever? Like, are you in on, quote, an insurance back for Austin Eckler? Not really, because yeah, it's going to be a committee. There's too many guys. Great. I think with Eckler, you're right. He is proofed against anyone invading his role. He's Austin Eckler. And I, I think that this is something where like real-life perception of the player kind of infects fantasy because Austin Eckler is not as good of a football player as Jonathan Taylor or Cooper Cup or Derrick Henry. But I'd rather have Austin Eckler than Derrick Henry in fantasy. Easily. Right. Because you know exactly what you're getting. You're getting... 55 yards rushing, 40 yards receiving, five receptions. It's just the touchdowns, which skewed way up last year. That'll probably skew back down. He's not going to have he had 20 touchdowns last right. year. That's probably more in the 10 to 15 range. Yeah, but it still doubled into touchdowns. Again, yeah. like it is, they are running the, basically a version of the Saints offense, and he is Alvin Kamara. Mm. And he proved last year there was a question, can he get those goal line touches? And the, that Aston answered last year. I yep. said this all last year in the offseason, and everyone argued with me online. And I was like, guys, he's going to be Alvin Kamara. And they're like, he can't score any touchdowns because he was my ride or die. And yeah. I had him as a top five uh, play last year. Mm. I had him you know, in, in my top five overall, and he was going late second round on, on ESPN last year. And obviously, that worked out for me. It was a, ended up being a really good call. So, yes, I agree with you. Does he come down from 20 touchdowns? But sure. But I don't think you can knock him from not getting 20 touchdowns again. To your point, he's going to get double-digit touchdowns. Um, and I still I want to say if I'm drafting an insurance back for Austin Eckler, I still think it's Isaiah Spiller. I, yeah. I get it. He's, he's banged up. He's going to miss week one. I think he's the most talented. This is a guy that I've watched a lot of college tape on. Mm. I love Isaiah Spiller as a player. And so, I, and I don't think, whether it's Josh Kelly or Roundtree, I don't think any of those guys, you There's know, no Justin ceiling. Jackson. There's no them, upside. Whatever. Yeah. Like, so, I, yes, Eckler has said he wants to scale back a little bit of his touches this year to try to stay a little bit healthier. 
He's still going to He's one of the most efficient players in fantasy yeah. football. That's I'm a not nice thing. That. That's a nice thing for him to say. Yeah, he's sure. Donate some touches to the young, the young to, kid, yeah. Isaiah Spiller. But yeah, when you're looking at guys who are sitting behind entrenched stars, you want upside. That's all you want. You don't want the guy who's going to come in and then maybe kind of be mediocre if he gets the starting role. And Isaiah Spiller is the only guy in that backfield outside of Eckler that has any upside really. I I completely agree with you. I have one last question for you before we had to break. Yes. I mean, you're already on, on the short list with NBCHR. Yeah. I just made, like, three different farting jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who do you think's hosting this show next segment? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe Blake from Blake, Research? Yeah, maybe Blake, we get Blake in. Yeah. We'll see if Blake's here next. Uh, we'll be back on the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I usually wait until, like, segment three to go off the rails. Was there something that happened during the course of your rookie year that convinced you, hey, you know, I can do this? I always knew I could be great. You know, it was just my teammates pushing me, actually. You know what I'm saying? They definitely kept me up when I was down and I came in the season. Um, and, you know, they always told me keep pushing, keep going forward. So, you know, without my teammates, you know, I wouldn't have you known probably had that, that much experience I did last year. That is our very own Peter King talking with Cincinnati's very own Jamar Chase about how good he is. This segment is called Squad Goals. Yes. The idea here is, because, you know, sometimes you see, like, you know, on hashtag couple goals on yeah. Instagram, yeah. something like that, you know, or <laughs> squad goals when they're doing, the, you know, that kind of thing. So the idea is, is like, uh, are you comfortable drafting players from the same team. So Jamar Chase and T. Higgins for a second. We'll get into that in a second. So the idea there is, and I always say this, I get this question all the time. Like, you know, there's obviously uh, a popular theory in fantasy football, especially if you're in DFS or you're in in any sort of best ball in terms of correlation and trying to stack a team, drafting a quarterback and his his wide receiver or his uh, tight end, drafting a defense with a running back because they, you know, correlated stats, right? The, if the quarterback has a good game, chances are his number one wide receiver does, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. All right. So, but the question becomes is like, hey, listen, I get this all the time. Like, hey, I, and, uh, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is my quarterback and Aaron Jones is my running back. Am I screwed? Yeah. And, and in that case, no, you're not. Like, no. you, like, I assure you, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones don't know that you're on, they're on your fantasy team. No, and they don't care. Yeah. We expect Aaron Rodgers to have a really good year. We, have a, we expect Aaron Jones to have a really good year. Yep. Your job is to score the most points possible. And I don't think you need to avoid players on the same team. I also don't necessarily, unless it's, again, again unless it's a stacking st- situation. I'm not necessarily targeting it. But I, I want the best players available. And if they happen to play on the same team, they happen to play on the same team. And let's start with Jamar Chase, who is going... Um, as, you know, a top three wide receiver, and T. Higgins, um, who is going in the third round as a top 10 to 12-ish wide receiver. you comfortable with both guys on your team? Definitely, because yeah. I think it's a bet not on those guys individually. It's a bet on Joe Burrow, really. And I, the question to me here is, what does Zach Taylor want to do? Like, deep down, what does he want to do? Because I think he showed a lot of signs last year of conservatism in play calling. I think they've used Joe Mixon too much. And then at the end of the season... Except in the Super Bowl on third down. Yeah, when exactly. they didn't use him enough. Well, he's Samaj Perrine, the great Samaj Perrine. But yeah. I think that if he's... If Zach Taylor, if he wants to run the ball, that's what he really wants to do. If in his heart of hearts, he really wants to run on first down. And if he wants to confiscate Joe Burrow's chef's hat, then I'd yeah. be worried. But I think that that was more about Burrow's knee and his health. Because by the end of the season... 
Burrow's throwing for 500 yards. Jamar Chase is putting up 266 yards with three touchdowns against the Chiefs. So I'd be buying into that passing game, and I'd be fine with those two guys. The thing about T. Higgins, I think we all know about Jamar Chase. Mm. And I don't want to say we don't know about T. Higgins, but look, Jamar Chase had like kind of the highlight plays, the 75-yard touchdown pass, you know, in receptions. And he was such an explosion last year. T. Higgins had 110 targets mm. last year. He actually just did 18 less than Jamar Chase. And over, the, over like the last seven games, I want to say, Higgins actually out-targeted Jamar Chase, right? Um, uh, he had a higher reception per target, higher reception per target percentage than Jamar Chase. 67% for Higgins, 63% for Jamar Chase. They're both really freaking good. Yeah. We expect this team to throw, and even if, they, even if it's a little bit more of a balanced offense here, both guys are going to get theirs. I'm with you. I, I think I have both players as top 10 wide receivers. I expect both players to finish inside the top 10. So, yes, if you get an opportunity to get two top 10 wide receivers on your team, yeah, you're I'm doing good. it, and you don't care if they both play for the same team. Yeah. With Chase specifically, when we're pricing out markets, what we're doing is we're looking at what's sustainable. And Chase catching 70-yard touchdown passes every week, not sustainable. Correct. What is going to be sustainable, though, is he's going to get more targets Correct. than he did last season. So it's going to balance out a bit. Yeah. And I, also, by the way, he's just freaking insanely yes, talented. he is. He's really good. He's quite good at the football. Yes, yeah, Jamar yes, Chase. exactly. Hashtag okay. analysis. Another two guys who are pretty good, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. I've on heard the of Dolphins. both of them. Yeah, a little less optimistic about their quarterback situation, but yeah. would you be okay having both of those guys on your team? I actually wouldn't be. Mm. Uh, so I actually, uh, I, I'm okay with one of them. I, I, think it's, I think it's going to be hard to figure that both guys match the production from last year. I'm nervous about Waddle, and I know a lot of people really like it. But last year, okay, last year in terms of in terms of Jalen Waddle, think about that Dolphins team. Like they had no one else. Yep. Uh, like Waddle had like a massive, massive target share, uh, right? So Waddle, uh, Waddle had five different games with less than ten fantasy points, mm. right? I mean, there was like he was great from a week eleven through sixteen, four diff- a four game stretch of eighteen or more fantasy points. But again. Just a massive target share. I, I believe like a 25% target share. I could get wrong. Uh, Blake, correct me if I'm wrong on that number off the top of my head. But like he just had a massive, 26, I'm being told, 26% target share. And that's like, I mean, like that is close to Cooper Cup levels. Like I just don't think with Tyreek Hill, with Cedric Wilson, with Mike Gusecki, with Chase Edmonds out of the backfield, Raheem Mostert, yeah. like they're going to spread the ball around. Like think about... Think about the San Francisco offense. That's the, we don't know what Mike McDaniel's offense is going to look like, but the best that we can do is say, hey, look at what they did in San Francisco because we think it's going to look pretty close to that. And last year, like, they had one guy. They had Debo. Yep. And, they would sp- and then you got, you know, Kittle would get some and whatever. Brandon Ayuk would get some and the running backs would get some. But the only guy with a massive target share in that 49ers offense was Debo Samuel. Yep. And so you're like, well, one guy's going to get that, that should get a massive target share here. And I think it's going to be Ty- Tyreek Hill. Yeah. And also, if you're buying into two receivers on your team, then you need to have immense confidence in the quarterback situation in the yes. passing game. And Tua has a lot of upside because of what his offensive line has been in the past. It's been unviable. And also what he produced in college, there is certainly upside there. But if you want to, have two, if you want to go all in on Tua, I'm not sure that's the best play until you see a little bit more. Because, by the way, again, this... Think about the 49ers offense. It was not a high-octane offense. No. You know, it was more of a grinded-out, play-good defense kind of. And by the way, that might have been because they had Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback. Yeah. But do we think Tua Tungabailoa is that much better than Garoppolo at this point of their yeah. careers? 
It, might be, it might be worse. He, right, exactly. Yeah. We just don't know. We have Tua's been in a bad situation the last couple of years, so I think the jury is still out on whether he can be a franchise quarterback. Mm. But in terms of fantasy, again, we don't know. This offense might be slower paced. There's going to be targets spread around here. Both guys, it's a new situation. We just don't know. I think Jalen Waddell is insanely talented. Mm. I don't mind taking a stab at having a piece of the Dolphins' offense. Yeah. But to your point, I don't know that I want to have a massive amount of the Dolphins' offense. And honestly, if, I'm, if you're like, give me one Dolphin to, to roster, give me Chase Edmonds yep. because of where he's going, because of the money they paid him, and because I know how Mike McDaniel uses his running backs based on what we saw in San Francisco. I actually think Chase Edmonds is my favorite in terms of both ADP and potential upside in Miami. All right, let's move on to the Colts. Jonathan Taylor and wide receiver Michael Pittman. Now, the question to me on Pittman here. He's going as wide receiver 12 on Yahoo. So that is, right, 36th overall. So, I mean, it, he is pricey. Are you okay with having both these guys on your team? I am. Hashtag squad goals. Yeah, I am, because I think that you're, you're fine with Taylor. There's no question marks about honestly, Taylor. He's honestly, the number one pick, that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. So it's really a question about Pittman. And Matt Ryan with his number one receiver, there's always been a good record there. And there's still no one who I'm worried about eating into Pittman's share. Who's the number two wideout going to be? It's going to be Alec Pierce. It's going to be Paris, Paris Campbell. Campbell. Not right. worried about these guys. Right. Matt Ryan will be as good as Carson Wentz, maybe a little bit better. And we saw that Carson Wentz could already support an excellent Michael Pittman season while Jonathan Taylor was uh, having substantially more rushing attempts than any other player in the league. So I would be in on the duo. Good graphic uh, for those of you uh, uh, watching at home, you can see this, but if you're listening to the podcast, we've got a graphic up that shows Matt Ryan's number one target of the last seven seasons, and every one of his number one targets, Julio Jones, the 2020 Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts last year, all of them have finished top seven in the NFL in terms of targets, except for uh, 2016 Julio Jones, in which he, whatever, he was 17th, but that was a, that was a year that was he was uh, hurt. Um, so six of the last seven seasons, my, Matt Ryan's number one wide receiver, and we know it's going to be Michael Pittman this year, mm-hmm. has been top seven in the NFL in terms of targets. He had 129 targets last year. Uh, the talent is obvious if you just yeah. watch, watch the film. Yeah. So, again, it just sort of depends. Wide receiver 12 is a little pricey for me. It's a little high. Uh, it's a little high. Um, uh, having said that, though, I mean, he's clearly a top 15 wide receiver, so I'm mm-hmm. nitpicking a little bit. And I'm with you. We agree here. If Michael Pittman's your number one wide receiver, especially if you went running back, running back, I'm totally good with it. Would absolutely uh, be fine with having both of them on the same team. Yep. Okay, next one. Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Probably the most painful situation for fantasy drafters out there. You okay having both of these guys? I'm okay having both of them. Hmm. But... I don't know that I'm okay starting both of them. Yeah. Like you'd have to be in a deep league, you'd have to be in a super flex league where you were just like, you know what, I'm getting the Denver running back situation. Like if you're in a super flex mm-hmm. league or a best ball league, I'm totally good with it because you're just like, boom, I'm in on Denver. Yeah. We think the offense can be a lot better with Russell Wilson. We know Javante Williams has insane talent. Melvin Gordon showed he still had something left in the tank last year. So I'm in. But I sort of feel like if it's a running back by committee, and also, obviously, if anything were to happen to Williams, Gordon would be the guy, yes. vice versa. So I like it there. So I think it, 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 but ultimately, I think it boils down to roster construction. Because if Melvin Gordon is taking the place of somebody else that you might start in your flex, I don't like it. Yep. Because I think there are other players going around his ADP that probably have more higher upside. Like 
Um, I have to look this up here, but like I think like he's going around like the same some area that like Ramondre Stevenson is. Like, give yeah. me Ramondre Stevenson like all day, every day, over uh, over Melvin Gordon. Here I'm pulling it up real quick, right? So uh, yeah, Melvin Gordon. I take it back. But so here's who's going around Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's going ahead of Damian Pierce. Rather have him. Yep. Uh, he's going like same same basic round as Cordero Patterson. Rather have him. He's got the job to himself. Yep. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, I think, has more upside. Mm. He's going ahead of Daryl Henderson, ahead of Brian Robinson. Yep. I think I'd rather have both those guys that have more upside. Henderson, also in a committee, more upside than, than Melvin. Brian Robinson, bit of committee. I think he's going to be the starter in Washington. So, yeah, I think I don't mind having both of them on the same team, but I would only want to do it again if I'm drafting Melvin Gordon. I get him late enough where he can basically be insurance for me with Javante Williams. Yeah, I just... It just doesn't make you feel good if you're going all in on the Denver Broncos running back situation and that's what your team is built around. I think you kind of want to choose one, but there's no good choice because Javante Williams, he's the guy who obviously has the upside. There have been quotes lately from Melvin Gordon where he's kind of implied that they want to use Javante Williams more. At the same time, their stats were almost identical last season and Gordon is going so much later in the draft than Williams. So it doesn't feel good about any of it. Yeah, I mean, listen, both guys were top 20. Uh, both, both guys were top 20 running backs in mm. points per game among uh, last year. And, and so we expect, again, the offense to be – it'll be more pass-happy with Russell Wilson, but it'll also be in scoring position a lot more. Yes. Because we, we think it'll be better. I, I actually don't mind Melvin Gordon as a draft pick, mm. especially if you didn't draft Javante Williams. Because yeah. I, I think that – I think the fantasy death of Melvin Gordon's a little bit overblown, even though Melvin Gordon's saying, like, yeah, they want Javante to be the guy. We just don't know how this backfield is going to shake out. But certainly Melvin Gordon is the much less risky pick because he doesn't cost you that much to acquire. Like, Javante Williams at where he's going in ADP, like you need Javante Williams to be, you know, much closer to the guy that was awesome against Kansas City when Melvin Gordon was out last yes. year than yeah. the guy that was literally in a 50-50 timeshare mm. last year. Uh, so I feel like I sort of sat, sat on the fence there with that one. Did I think I? it's a fence-sitting kind of one, though, right? right? Yeah. Because how can you be emphatic and say, yeah, I'm all in Javante Williams, yeah. I'm all in Melvin Gordon. It's, it's the most pure 50-50 timeshare in the NFL just about. Right. And, and so we you, just don't know how it's going to split up yeah. this year. Yeah. I, I'm, I guess what I'm saying is I'm, that's not one that I'm targeting. Mm. Like, I would love to have Chase or Higgins. You know, I'm good with Taylor or Pittman, to your point. In this, in this particular, you know, premise on Williams and Gordon, I don't mind it. But again, like it's not something I would want to target. No. I, I'm because we just have so much unknown about how that gets split up here. Let's move to Minnesota, where Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I'm all in on this. I would yeah. love both guys. Like you, you know, I've talked about this. Mm. I think the Vikings offense explodes this year. I think Cousins has a monster year. Justin Jefferson's a no-brainer. He's the second best wide receiver in fantasy. And if a year from now, Jay, if we're talking, and by we I mean me and my new co-host, <laughs> yeah, you're talking about right, yeah. you know, like whatever. We, we put you on that path to to leave the show, but me and whoever my new co-host is, yeah, Blake probably, are talking about Justin Jefferson a year from now. Very easily we talk about oh, number one wide receiver in fantasy, Justin Jefferson, because that's yes. very easily within the range of outcomes for him. But Adam Thielen, like, it's super weird. This is a guy who last year was the 14th best wide receiver on a points-per-game basis. 14th. He was a top 15 wide receiver. Mm. We think this offense takes a big step up this year. Like, the the target tree hasn't, you know, expanded. Yes, they've got Irv Smith back. Great, that's fine. And K.J. Osborne's a nice story from last year. And Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. But it's still, it's going to be Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Here's a guy that actually had more touchdowns than Justin Jefferson last year. Right, so Justin Jefferson... 14th best wide receiver on a points-per-game basis, and he's currently going as wide receiver 30 
on Yahoo. He's yeah. going 74th overall. That's like, he's light. being left for dead, and I get it. Injuries are a concern, but that's baked into his ADP. Mm. I, I think this is insane. Yeah. I got a list for you. Can I, can I give you a list? Give me a list. Here's a list of all the wide receivers yeah. in the NFL to have at least 10 touchdowns each of the last two seasons. Mm. Mike Evans, yeah. you've heard of him. Yeah, I know. Devontae Adams. Familiar right? with his Sure, sure. Too. DK Metcalf. Yeah, he's a big guy. Adam Thielen. Yeah. That's the list. Yeah. That's the list. <laughs> Look, I'm okay with having both of these guys on my team. Because, yes. because it includes Justin Jefferson right? as one of them. So it doesn't really matter who the second guy is. But yeah, Thielen, I think the thing is, one, he was banged up last year and he's still produced. I don't think the baseline is that he's more banged up this year. And then secondly, I'd just be all in on the Minnesota passing game in general because it's bring, being brought into the 21st century. Right. We're going to have progress. They've got the internet in Minnesota now in their yes. passing game. There's going to be no running Dalvin Cook first, second down, and then Kirk Cousins throwing third and seven to the tight end. I think that there's huge scope for this offense. Look, Justin Jefferson is second favorite for Offensive Player of the Year. He's plus 1,200. We're baking in that he is just about the equal best receiver in the game. Now, we pivot to Baltimore. Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman. I know you're a big Rashad Bateman guy, so I, I suspect am. that you're going to be in on this duo. I am, I am, especially because where they're going, right? Again, I think both guys are productive uh, so far this year. Again... 24% of the targets that were thrown last year are available. Marquise Brown had 146 targets last year, 10th most in the NFL. Some of them are going to go to Mark Andrews. A lot of them are going to go to Rashad Bateman. And we'll see if Demarcus Robinson you know, does anything here. I think Isaiah Likely, the fourth-round rookie tight end, could play a lot. Of, he's really good. He's an interesting guy, especially if you're in a, a deeper tight end premium league. Really like him. Really like him for Dynasty. Baltimore plays a lot of 12 personnel. So, uh, I think he's going to be the third guy in terms of targets. But, yeah, look, even in a more run-heavy offense, they're still going to have to throw the ball. Mm. Remember, Lamar's playing for a contract. Yeah. Lamar, yeah. Lamar, Lamar is like – Lamar's looking at, like, what Deshaun Watson got. Yeah. And Lamar's like, look, I haven't missed any games. No one's accused <laughs> me of anything. Right? That guy, that guy in my division, he's yeah. got over $200 million, yeah. uh, guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, Hello, Lamar. I've got an MVP uh, belt, uh, you know, title under my on my resume. Unanimous. So Lamar, yeah. right? Lamar wants to be, and understandably so, wants to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Mm. I think he's got a good case, mm. and I think this year, not that he wasn't going to ball out anyway, but mm. I know you, he was your ride or die. Yeah. We, we talked about him on Monday, so I, I don't think it's just going to be purely running. They may be a little bit more balanced this year than they were last year when they were ninth in the NFL in pass attempts. But yes. Mark Andrews, look, you know, is tight end one, right? So, obviously, or he's tight. I have my tight end one. He's going as tight end two uh, on Yahoo. You're obviously in on Mark Andrews uh, to get elite production from the position. I love Rashad Bateman. I love the talent, and I just think the opportunity is massive with Marquise Brown now in Arizona. Yeah, and Lamar threw more than ever last year. Yeah. I mean, I think the best game that any quarterback played last season was the game Lamar Jackson had against the Colts uh, in primetime where he had 442 yards and four touchdowns and he won that game by himself. And the thing with Rashad Bateman is that, you know, when we're pricing our markets, yeah, we, we put that stuff through the model. We run our scripts. It's like, just watch Rashad Bateman. He's really good. He gets right. open and he's going to take a leap. He wasn't healthy all the last season. And yeah, Mark Andrews is what he is. He's, uh, he's rock solid. So it'd be totally fine with buying into the Ravens passing game. Yeah, especially because, again, you think about ADP, he's going 80th overall. Rashad Bateman's going as wide receiver 31, 80th overall. He's not even being drafted inside the top 30, and so I, 
I absolutely am fine with having both players on that Ravens offense because, again, narrow target tree, we think that's going to be one of the better offenses in the NFL. We'll be right back. They got the Red Solo Cups, Chris. What's in those Red Solo Cups, I wonder? The Red Solo Cup is the ubiquitous message to the world that I'm drinking booze. And the Red Solo Cup lets everyone know I don't care. Yeah, you're right, Mike Florio. We are drinking booze, and we don't care. Yeah, no hair, don't care. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they want to know what's on the Red Solo Cups. And mm. I don't know what's in your Red Solo Cup, but I will tell you what's in here. Pure tequila. <laughs> Pure gonna tequila. Make- they're going to make a joke about Foster's or something being in my red solo cup, which we don't actually drink in Australia. Even though the ads say you guys do? Yeah. So two it's because it's Australian for beer? The two big misconceptions about Australia. One, there are like no kangaroos. You don't see kangaroos like walking down the street. And there's not that no, many spiders either. I don't want to go to either. Australia because that yeah. would be super cool. Yeah. And also, I don't think you can even buy Foster's in Australia. It's oh, like really? an Australian drink that you drink in America okay. or like Hungary. It's right. not in Australia. Oh, interesting. Yeah. We drink okay. like Carlton Draft. It's okay. real bad. So, okay, so, let me, so, so other than kangaroos and fosters, every other stereotype about Australia is true? Yeah, Is that what you're telling me? Those are the basically. only two misconceptions? Yeah, yeah, those are the two ones. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, uh, please, uh, please give us your Australian slander. Send that in. Um, so, uh, anyway, yeah, this is, this is what it is. I, I want a beer sponsor. I, mm. I'm, I'm begging out there for a beer sponsor, you know? Hey, Bud Light, you listening? Come on, let's go. <laughs> Hook a brother up. What, like, or like, you know, or a tequila or, a, you know, anything like yeah. let's let's get some alcohol sponsors. NBC sales. Give me a call. I'll I'll, I'll jump on a Zoom. <laughs> yeah. But like, let's get little, a little you teams know. call. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so so that's what's going on in the Red Solo Cups here. But now we go to the NFC South. We've been doing this in segment three throughout oh. the week, and we're going to continue this. The burning questions of one division today. Oh, we got a graphic and a sound effect. <laughs> Look at that! It really cuts in. <laughs> the cuts in. Yeah, yeah B. Rube spent uh, spent like an hour and a half yeah. putting that together. All right, um, let's start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes. Uh, burning question here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers: When are you drafting Chris Godwin? With the uncertainty of his return, I I think Chris. Go- this one makes no sense to me. I don't get it either. He's going after Darnell Mooney and Darnell Amari Mooney Co- and Amari Cooper. I like Chris Godwin a lot more than either of those guys. He. He's going as wide receiver 33, mm. 71st overall. Now, understand on Monday he participated in team drills yeah. for the first time. He's not currently on the physically unable to perform list. Mm. Looks like he's going to be back week one. And if he's not back week one, like it's going to be week two. Like there's not a guy who's going to miss the first four games. You, as you sit here and you see it on your screen, right? He was 21st in targets, 11th in receptions, 15th in receiving yards. This is a guy who on a points per game basis last year was the seventh best wide receiver in fantasy. Chris Godwin, last year among wide receivers, he was top 10 in targets per game, red zone targets, receptions per game, catch rate, receiving yards per game. He's really, really good. And guess what? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this offseason, signed him to a three-year, $60 million deal with $40 million guaranteed. Mm. $40 million guaranteed. If his real football team isn't worried about him, I'm pretty sure he can play for your fake football team. Okay? And, like, he's wide receiver 33 on Yahoo. 71st. What are we doing, people? Yeah. I, I am at wide receiver 20, yeah. so way ahead of consensus. And I think I might be too long. Yeah, he, he, we have some video now here of him running around. 
Look at him. He's not. He, look how handsome he looks. He's wearing a helmet now. Now he he, he just ran past a coach. Come on. Well, this is so good. Are, sure, he's got a brace on, but whatever. He's still healthier than Julio. Like, come on. And they, are, I mean, like you're fired up, right, Chris Godwin. I just because. Because he's really good. Yeah. And this this ADP is insane to me. Yeah. He's one of 13 wide receivers have at least six touchdowns and over 1,000 receiving yards last season. We talk about wanting to buy into good offenses and good quarterbacks. Tom Brady. Yeah. He's got Tom Brady. And weirdly, I, I, I know they got Russell Gage and they added Julio, but I weirdly think he's got a more narrow target tree here. Hmm. Like, Godwin's going to just be a monster. And so, again, wide receivers so deep. Like, you can draft Godwin, and if he's not ready for week one or two, whatever, you'll fill in. Hmm. we got a 17-week season. It's a guy yeah. who was the seventh best wide receiver on a points-per-game basis. Yeah. Not a fluke. He's not going to be Chris Godwin week one, maybe week two, but by week six, you're getting a wide receiver one in an elite offense, potentially, for the rest of the season. Another Fourth among guy. wide receivers in red zone targets last year. Like, when they get close, Brady likes to look for him. Yeah. All right. Okay. New Orleans Saints. Where do you yeah. stand on Alvin Kamara? Yeah. I don't know if it's the NFC South. Hmm. This is another one that I don't... You're going to get fired up again? I, I'm already fired up. <laughs> I didn't go back down and come back. I'm still fired up. Same level. Still fire. fired up. Yeah. He's going as running back 12 on Yahoo. Yeah. 17th overall. Hmm. Like, late in the second. Why is he going off the Nick Chubb? I, because people are morons. I don't know what to tell you because we weren't on the air enough for me to talk to people and explain to them how stupid they are by letting Alvin Kamara... So... Look, the, the, the anti-Alvin Kamara argument is this and this only. Yeah. He might get suspended. But on the, on the Roto-World Fantasy Football Draft Guide show, which is now available on the NFL on mm. U NBC YouTube page, go check it out. I'm a company man. Yeah. We had Mike Florio on, and when he wasn't asking what kind of booze I'm drinking in these red solo <laughs> cups, he talked about the fact that, like, look, the NFL has the ability to suspend Alvin Kamara, mm. but they haven't yet. And it looks very clear that what they want to do, the NFL, is they want to let the legal process play out. Yep. And then once a decision is made on his legal status and the evidence is heard and Kamara's his case and the prosecution has presented theirs, hmm. once a ruling is made, then the NFL will decide whether or not a suspension is warranted for Alvin Kamara. They keep kicking that legal case down the road. The next hearing, I think, is September 29th. Hmm. Like, that's not going to get solved by the end of football season. If Alvin Kamara gets suspended, it's going to be in 2023. Yep. So now your only question is health. And I get it. He missed a few games last year, but he's still being drafted still after. Produced. He's, well, not only, did he, not only did he produce, right? But, uh, like, last I mean, he's going after guys like Chris McCaffrey or Derrick Henry, mm. people that missed a lot more time than Alvin Kamara. Jay, I went back last night. I crunched the numbers. I looked at the Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> I watched every single snap that he played from last year on film, right? I, I, I ran all my models. And you know what? Turns out Alvin Kamara is really fucking good. And so what are we doing? Like, he's really fucking good. And here's a guy that last year, on a points-per-game basis, was the fourth-best running back in fantasy football. Yeah. A top-four running back. Yep. He's better with Jameis Winston than he is with any other quarterback. Jameis is back. Yeah. Like, you know, he's, he's not any other quarterback, not Drew Brees, but he's better with Jameis Winston than yeah. he is with Taysom Hill or mm. – any other uh, quarterback that the Saints might possibly use this year. James is back as the starter here. What the f*** are we doing, people? Yeah. Alvin Kamara is a top six player this year. <laughs> a lot of killer jewels in that pure tequila today. A lot of fire. A lot of energy. It's good. Yeah. The only thing I I'd add with... I love this show. Yeah. The only thing I quickly... Are you aware? With... I don't know if you can figure this out yet, but <laughs> I, 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 apparently I no longer work for Disney. <laughs> yeah. All right. What do we got? All right. 
Next up, TJ Moore. Ooh. He's been a really sexy name, I think, yeah. in fantasy because you look at what DJ Moore did the past three years. He's the only receiver to have 1,200 yards from scrimmage three years yeah. in a row. And you look at the quarterbacks, we don't even need to go through it. I think everyone knows it's a modern miracle of uh, human science that DJ Moore was able to do what he did with Kyle Allen or Sam Darnold. And now he gets Baker Mayfield, who's a real quarterback. So how much are you raising DJ Moore's stock with Baker Mayfield? I'm at wide receiver 12, so I'm as a low-end wide receiver 1, very high-end wide receiver uh, 2. You think about Ben McAdoo is now the offense coordinator of these Carolina Panthers. 2014 to 2017, when McAdoo uh, was in charge of the Giants, obviously he was the head coach in New York, they had three different Giants wide receivers finish top 35 in fantasy. Okay, so, and otherwise, I mean, like, they act, I mean, remember, they had, they had Sterling Shepard, they had Brandon Marshall, they had Odell Beckham. Like, they actually had some nice talent there in New York under McAdoo. He's basically, he's got DJ Moore and Chris McCaffrey and, like, a prayer. Yep. Like, can he resurrect Robbie Anderson? You know, could, could Terrence Marshall be anything? Like, we don't know yet. Like, mm. so it's going to be DJ Moore, who had 163 targets last year. Yeah, that's a lot. 163 <laughs> targets. He's the only wide receiver in the NFL with over 1,200 yards from scrimmage each of the last three seasons. The issue has just been touchdowns. Yep. Again, and he's played with the worst quarterbacks this side of Terry McLaurin. Yep. A- and so I- I'm all in on DJ Moore, like an insanely talented wide receiver, playing with the best quarterback of his career. Again, I get the questions about Baker Mayfield, but he's a significant upgrade over, over you know, whatever. Cam Newton a couple of times, you know, yep. at, at towards the Cam end of his – ra- Washed up Cam Newton, you know, Sam Darnold, Kyle DJ Allen, Walker, the, Kyle the Allen. The immortal Kyle right, right. Allen. Right, <laughs> exactly. Like, Baker is a professional quarterback and will do really well. Teddy Bridgewater, Will Greer. He had some Will Taylor Greer. Heineke. <laughs> he had some Taylor Heineke was in there too before. Yeah, so, anyway, I, for me, yes, I think DJ Moore, I'm at – I've been 27th overall. He's going 40th overall in Yahoo. So I'm significantly higher on him in terms of the overall consensus and slightly higher wide receivers. I'm at 12. Yahoo guys, Yahoo drafters have him at 14. Let's move on to the Falcons now. Can you make the case, Jake Croucher, yes. that Kyle Pitts finishes ahead of Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews in tight end fantasy production? I, I wouldn't price that as a favorite, but I definitely think there's upside to do that. And the reason is, is that I'd be buying into the Falcons overall as a competent offense. I think everyone thinks they're going to be team disaster, that they're going to be down there with teams like the Texans and the Bears. I think they have upside to be a 6-11, and 11, perfectly fine, bad team. Where that offensive line is not the weakness of the team, Drake London takes a little bit of attention off Kyle Pitts in a good way. Yeah. Maybe take some, You need another guy. You can't just be the tight end and no one else. And so, Marcus Mariota, I think you're a I feel bit like that's why him. they, by the way, I feel like that's, that's why you're here. Yeah. And this, he was like, you need another guy. You need Drake London? You need another guy. Yeah. They, they were like, Drake need, Australia? Right, well, they, yes, exactly. They, need a, they were like, we need another guy to take the attention away from Barry. Because <laughs> yeah. we know what a disaster he's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Let's throw the Australian on there. Yeah. Right. So, there you go. Drake Melbourne. Drake Melbourne. Right. I like that. Very similar to Yahoo Serious. Yeah. Yeah, very much the same. Yeah, but anyway. Do you think he has the upside to be better than Mark Andrews this year? I do. Yeah. Uh, look, okay. I, again, I don't have him draft that. I'm not ranking that way. I have Kyle Pitts at three. Yep. But that is absolutely within the range of outcomes. For all, the, for all the knock of Marcus Mariota, and I'm not the biggest fan of Marcus Mariota. No, think about 2015 to 2017 when he was with Tennessee. Mm. His, his tight end that year, Delaney Walker. Yep. And I like Delaney Walker. Mm. Delaney Walker ain't Kyle Pitts. No. I mean, Kyle Pitts is just a, is a, is a physical freak of nature. Yeah. And, and so, but by the way, Delaney Walker 
was a top five fantasy tight end each of those three seasons yep. under Marcus Mariota. So he has the ability to got, get a guy there. Delaney Walker had more target competition when he was in Tennessee. So the question about Kyle Pitts is just the touchdowns. Last year he got super flukily unlucky with yep. touchdowns. I think that changes this year. To your point, they're going to have to throw a lot, and it's going to be Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts and Drake London. I think there is absolutely a decent chance it's within the realm of possibility. So not only he, that he, he finishes with the most targets of any tight end, um, I think it's probably him or Andrews, and absolutely could finish as the number one tight end in fantasy. All right. By the way, he's, he's also really fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Right. He's really good. And we'll be right back. Thank you. Get the bleeps out. Do me a favor. I apologize to the editors for all the bleeping you guys have to do. <laughs> apologize in advance. I'm going to send them some tequila. Disney no more. How can you find my content, Jay's content, Fantasy Football Happy Hour? You can watch the full episodes and clips of the show, not only here on Peacock TV, but also on the YouTube channel, the NFL on NBC YouTube channel. Listen 24-7 on all major podcast channels, wherever you get your podcasts, and also on the NBC Sports channel on Sirius XM Radio. By the way, feel free to interact with me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. I'm at MatthewBerryTMR on all forms of social media, except the Fantasy Life app, where I am merely Matthew Berry. And of course, come to NBCSportsEdge.com to check out my 100 Facts column, my rankings, and my love-hate, which comes out on Thursday. All of my content, 100% free. By the way, thank you so much to everyone for the support of the podcast. You launched a new podcast, Jay. You don't know if anyone's going to like it, Mm. but these are the iTunes charts as of just before we went on air. We are number one in sports. We are actually number nine in overall. In terms of the overall rankings, again, this is on iTunes. Nowhere to go but down for us. Byron Kennerly asks me on Twitter, hey, will you be also making appearances on the Dateline podcast, which is a couple spots ahead of it. Yeah. So we look up to Dateline. Yeah, we do. We do look up to Dateline. I like. I don't know that if I make an appearance on the Dateline podcast, that's good. I know they say uh, any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. But I feel like that would be like, who murdered Matthew Barry? Yeah. You know, like yeah. he drove everyone crazy. Yeah. And so then, like, you know, and so you hear me like, you know, in, in memoriam or something like that. You hear the ghost in me or something like that or like. It was such a promising career, and then he got too drunk on set one day. It's a little you know? dark. Yeah, it just mm. feels like a little grim, right? I just mm. I, I feel like if you're on Dateline NBC's podcast, other than the host, mm. like things have gone wrong for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Like, is there is, is there? There's no publicity tour where you're like, "What are you doing?" Oh, I'm, you know, I'm doing the View, and you know, I'm, I'm doing uh, t- you know F- Fallon, and then oh oh yeah, and I'm doing the Dateline NBC podcast. You're like, no. really? I, that's maybe not there. All right, uh, real quickly, it is last call, so. Uh, here's my question for you. Comeback player of the year coming from the N- NFC South. Yep. Uh, so, I-, I question for you. Who would you rather have? Here's a couple of uh, four of the five uh, favorites play in the NFC South for yes. comeback player of the year. Baker Mayfield's at plus 1,000 for the Carolina Panthers or Michael Thomas at plus 1,100. Which one are you taking? Give me Baker Mayfield. This yep. award skews overwhelmingly quarterback. Last year, Nick Bosa was like the fourth best defensive player in football coming off an ACL. Didn't get a single vote for comeback right. player of the year because it all goes to Burrow and Dak because they play quarterback. Baker's got all the narrative in the world. He's in a lot of commercials. He plays Cleveland in week one. If he wins that game, the train has left the station. The other two guys who are in this mix, Jameis Winston... Plus 500 and Christian McCaffrey plus 900. Who would you take of those two? I'm going to take Christian McCaffrey at plus 900. He's the bigger star than Jameis Winston. I feel like if the Saints make the playoffs, it won't be because of 
you know, they'll feel like, oh, it's Alvin Kamara, it's the defense, it's Michael Thomas. Like, I'd rather even have Michael Thomas on the same team yep. rather than that. But give me Chris McCaffrey, who's a big-name star, awesome, better odds, obviously, at plus 900. Yep, going and number he's, two in fantasy. He's missed, he's missed two straight years. So if yep. he has a monster season and Carolina makes the playoffs – Give me Chris McCaffrey. That is it for today. You do not have to go home, but you can't stay here. Thank you so much for the love. We are back tomorrow for the still-employed Jay Crouch. I'm Matthew Berry. Peace out.